Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend Anne Chavruta Yerdena Osband, our daf of the day, Masachet Bavakama, daf Dalad, page four. So a good portion of Ahmed Aleph here is still discussing the component parts of the ox and the different ways that those component parts can actually do damage. But I think what's more important, and the Gemara thinks it's more important as well, is the the nature of that kind of damage. Right, so if we're talking about a, a horn and a feet, right, the trampling, and also the tooth, also, right, that's eating. So then the Gavar comes and says, well, each of these things is not like the others, meaning they all of them cause damage, and all of them the owner would need to be, is responsible for the ox, at least to some degree for the Karen, for the horn, and fully for the others. And you have to, like, you know, Shmir Tanalecha, you have to, protect against negligence, and in the event of damage, you would have to pay uh, Nezek Shalim, right? you'd have to pay the full amount, and you have to pay it from the from the good um, from the good crops, whatever, the good land, however you're going to pay it back, it has to be considered a serious, pay, a serious payback, as opposed to like Zibori, we've talked about this, the different levels of the quality of land in the past, but um, what I think ends up being important in terms of categorization is that each of these things are also really different. So I'm um, towards the top of the daf of the Ahmad, it says, lower iha karen, and we talked about this a bit yesterday, that the karen, the horn, so that there are fundamental differences between the horn and the tooth, namely with the horn, there is intent to do damage. With the shane, with eating, there's no intent to do damage. So we can make a chart, right? Intent to do damage or not. This is what we talked about yesterday, that with shame, there is benefit to the animal and meaning eating. And with um, when the ox gores, there's no benefit to the animal. So we can now extrapolate this, let's say, to other kinds of damage, right? From not an ox or perhaps even not an animal which is maybe taking it a step too far. It's hard to know, but you can imagine now saying, well, you know, there was no intent there or there was no intent to damage. Or you could say there's no benefit there and you won't have a parallel case or you, Dafka, will have a parallel case. And that's how you'll know, you know, does it line up for to hold the owner accountable? I'm sorry, I've read that line already. Now we get to regal. The regal my shayre kishayzik chav hamazik. Meaning, for all of them, you're still going to make the owner of the property have to pay, right? So the and that will include Lituya Regal. That will also include Regal. But so then, why do we have it set out specifically? Let it let it specify this explicitly. So Rava, you know, after Rav and Shmuel, Rava comes and says, "We're going to establish that sure." is for the feet, right, for the trampling. Umav'e, that term in the Mishnah is lishino, um, is for eating. And v'hachikamar, we're going to go on to say, lo re'iha regel, she'ezikek matsui kiri'iha she'en, she'en hezikek matsui. Now we're going to draw another distinction, specifically that the trampling is considered common. As I call it, the, the damage from trampling is matsui, it is common, it is found. The word literally means found, meaning this is what happens. and But the eating, the first idea here anyway, is that eating is not going to be that common. 
And again, eating is considered benefit to the animal, and trampling is not considered benefit to the animal. The Karen Mai, what about corn? Let's come back to this. For each of them, we end up with the same um, practical halacha that they have the owner has to pay, Karen, including for Karen, even though we're going to. So let it say it explicitly. The Lamar takes a veers, veers in a different direction here. We're talking about an animal that is mu'ad, that is already established to be, um, that has a, a chazaka, that is already known to be a goring ox. Now, the, the, a goring ox has a death sentence. So if an ox has gored enough to be considered a goring ox and it still gores again, it means it just hasn't been put down fast enough. But 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 for a, a, a short tam, meaning an ox that has never gored, and then at the end, what is it? it says we start with an ox that has never gored, and then in the end we're talking about an ox that has gored. We're not going to establish the halacha based on this kind of um, discrepancy or this kind of distinction. I'm sorry. So I want to take a step back because these these categorizations of the different um, means of damage that an ox can do are on the one hand conceptual and categories, and on the other hand, the Gemara here is still going through the analysis of the terms in the Mishnah according to Rav and Shmuel, and here we are kind of like I've jumped into it in the middle because really it attaches itself to the discussion from yesterday. Um, so I, I don't want to confuse everybody here, but the point I wanted to make here is that we do have these, um, on the one hand, these similarities and also then the differences. And I want to then just one more thing, which is this difference between Shur Mu'ad and Shur Tam, namely a Shur Mu'ad is one that is known to be a goring ox and a Shur Tam is one to, an ox that has never gored is not expected to gore. It's kind of like, I, I don't really know because I don't have oxen. But from what I understand, it's it's unexpected in the way that a dog can attack, but that doesn't make every dog an attack dog, right? So you presume that the dog that has never attacked is really fine, and especially if you're talking about, let's say, a breed that doesn't attack. So an ox, generally speaking, or as a given, is a breed that's not going to attack, except for if it does, and then you've got you know a big, actually very big, heavy problem on your hands. Um, and this is... And then we end up in a category of darkol hazik, that it is the nature of this animal to do damage and the level of responsibility on the owner to protect anybody else's property from this particular property animal doing damage is much, much greater than in the case of a short tom. Um, some of that's off the daf. You can read it all within this Amud Al-If. Dan, I'm going to turn it over to you um, for more categories of damage. Okay, so more categories of damage. And I think a lot of what's happening in these couple of DAPM is we're just sort of getting introduced to a lot of the terms that we're going to keep hearing. And so one of the things that appears on Ahmed Bet is two braces that seem to expand upon the list of what we would say are the, sort of the main categories of damagers. Our Mishnah listed four, and now we're going to have uh, two braces that list more. Tani Rabiosia, Rabiosia taught in a brisa, Shlosha Sar Avot Nizikin. There are 13 primary damagers. Shomer Chinam Bashol Nosei Schar Vaha Socher. 
right? An unpaid custodian, meaning somebody who just is watching something for free. The borrower, the paid custodian, right? In other words, you pay somebody to watch an object for you and the and the, the renter. So these are four categories of shomrim. Uh, a lot of this is going to be discussed actually in Baba Metziah, uh, but that's, you know, that's what this is here. Uh, Nezek, in terms of the actual damages, they're Tsar, Viripui, uh, Shevet, Uboshet. So this is, uh, these are the categories of different types of damages that you actually need to pay, which could be the actual damages themselves, pain, healing, unemployment and humiliation. So these are the five categories of damages that we're going to see is what makes up the damages. And then finally, and then there are the four uh, categories that were in our Mishnah. So that brings us to a total of 13. So again, we had the four types of Shomrim, the five types of damages, and then the four, uh, the four, um, you know, primary damagers that are listed in our Mishnah. The Gemara from here gets into a you know question about why did Rav Oshia teach it this way? Why were these things that were not mentioned in the Mishnah? What is he trying to expand upon? Um, and then later on, then we move on to another Brisa here, okay? And this is going to list 24. Tani Rabbi Chia, so Rabbi Chia teaches Esrim Ba'arba'a Abot Nizikin. There are 24 primary damages, Tashlume Kepel, okay? There's double compensation, um, and so what they mean here is, is that what we mean at all by double compensation is, is that if the thief steals and then it's testified about in court, he has to pay the principal plus a penalty, which is the amount equal to what was basically stolen. So that's what uh, that's what Tashlume Kepel means. It means it's a double compensation here. The Tashlume Arba'ava Kamisha, there's also having to pay four and five, four and five of what the amount was. So this is a specific case. If a thief steals a sheep and then sells it or slaughters it, right, or an ox. So if it's a sheep, he has to pay four times the value. If it's an ox, he has to pay five times the value. The ganav, a thief, the gazlan, a robber. Again, there are differences about what exactly that is. Uh, a, a, a ganav is somebody who admits to what he did, um, whereas a robber uh, is somebody who... Um, the, the thief uses like uh, forces himself into another person's property, uh, whereas the robber sort of like sneaks in. That's how we sort of uh, say what the difference is. But we will talk about this more later. The Azim Zomamim, right? W- uh, witnesses. These are false witnesses who basically lie in testimony and therefore try to get somebody else punished. Bahaones, um, the rapist, Bahamifata, the seducer, Umotsi Shamra, defamer, Bahamitame. Someone who contaminates somebody's produce with tuma, the somebody who mixes truma into ordinary produce because you can't eat it then, the somebody who makes somebody's wine, uh, what we call yayin nesaf, which literally means poured, which means uh, wine that was poured in avodazara, so it cannot be used. Uh, so these are, so with the 13 of Rabbi Yoshia, right, we have a list of these other categories here which are different ways of doing damages. And this gets us to a list of question here, uh, you know, why exactly does this Brisa have this particular list of 24? Um, And I think it's interesting to see that there's, you know, when we first read the Mishnah, it's sort of this very, very limited list. And then we get to 13 and 24, which shows us like, there's a lot of different ways that somebody can, injure another 
person, right? Through theft, uh, through rape, uh, you know, through, uh, you know, all these different ways. And, uh, you know, I think these braces are taking a much broader view than as opposed to when you first read this mission, it seems like it's very, very limited how damages get to the braces that are like, no. The mission is talking about one type of damages, but really we know there are many, many ways, unfortunately, that people can damage another person. So I think that's, I think it might be the presence of these other ukimtot, these braytot that have the longer lists of damage in a more general kind of way that convinces me of Shmuel's interpretation of our Mishnah on the first daf, right? Because, because we know, right? Like Rav isn't telling Shmuel something he doesn't know, that there's other kinds of damage. But if we want the the categorization of the first mission to line up to say that it's all damaged by property of property, right? So then that's Shmuel's take. And I feel like all the other kinds of things will show up, right? Anytime that you've got a person, right? Adam, right? Coming to do damage, that's going to show up in one of the other lists. And I understand, I think, maybe, why Rabbi Huda Nasi chose the narrower scope as the Mishnah for the opening of this Masechet, as opposed to the longer lists. The longer lists are, again, we're not going to forget about the Shomrim. We're not going to forget about Adam Zomim. We're not going to forget about these other ways people can do damage. But if we want to focus on, you know, what does it mean if we're going to establish the the skeleton of a civil law system and include torts and damages exactly, then I think taking the tightest, narrowest frame is very helpful. Right. But then I think, you know, uh, Bryce's, especially the last one that shows like there's a lot of different ways and through different actions that we inflict damage on other people, right? Where we really do things that are not good to other people and sort of undoes something in our society, right? You know, whether it's sexual crime, whether it's theft, whatever it is, that these are all things that sort of contribute to damaging other people. Right, and Halakha doesn't ignore them, right? Even if no, they're not in Halakha the first Mishnah. Exactly. Halakha is not ignoring them. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stop and our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.